Live from Florida's capital city, this is Tallahassee's Morning Show with Preston Scott on 100.7 FM, WFLA, and iHeart Radio Station. Three, two, one, you're on the air. Here we go. Eight minutes past 8 a.m., hour number three, program 3,218. Morning Show, Wednesday, October 7th, beautiful outside. And it just got a whole lot nicer inside, too. Uh, joining me here in Studio 1A is Scott Bennell of Hope to Haiti. Scott, good to see you, sir. Hello, brother. Good to see you. It's been too long. Pull that up closer to you. I want I want everyone to hear your dulcet tones. <laughs> it's great to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> well, I, you know, I told the story earlier in the show, and if you weren't listening, folks, I, just, I, got, I, I got yesterday to just a point. Where I looked at the stories on the rundown, I looked at everything that was in the news, and I, 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 it's so funny. I can see it in slow motion. I pushed away from the table, and I just I leaned back in my chair, and I said, I can't do this. i got to call Benel. I have got to talk about something else. And I texted you, mm-hmm. and I said, we gotta, you got to help me here because i got to talk about something else. And at first, you thought, uh, like, what? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> I don't know anything else. <laughs> and I just said, no, I need. we need to talk about what you're doing. And uh, for those of you that have been with the program a long time, you know we've talked about Hope to Haiti. We've had Scott on over the years. And we just we did a, a little fundraising kind of push back a month or so ago. Right. You let me know about a need. Um, and I want to get to that. But okay. we, we've got the time to get to that. Let's first back up for just a second. I've told people that ask about what you do. That you have taken what I think is a very simple approach to changing people's lives in Haiti. It involves the preaching of the gospel, but you just don't use words all the time. You don't throw scriptures all the time. You change people's lives. And so your ministry in Haiti is just very unique. And I think because of that, it's been very successful. And you found favor. I tell people, if you want to give a dollar to a charity... And maximize that dollar. There is no better place to sow the seed than in the soil of Hope to Haiti. Tell people what you do and how you do it. First of all, thank you for that. Um, we certainly uh, press on in good times and bad. Uh, we began our efforts in Haiti in 2007 and uh, began feeding some children. Uh, I learned I could feed a kid for about 10 cents a day. I knew that I could personally do that. Why'd you start there? In Haiti? No, why'd feeding? you start with feeding kids? Well, they, I mean, this basically they had to be met. Um, I mean, twenty percent of children attend school. Um, I mean, it's just a basic need. It's something. I, mean, I don't. I don't know how, I don't, how to answer see, that question. See, and I'll tell you why I asked that because I think you have been doing that so fundamentally for so long. People listening, Scott, they don't understand when you when you say that was a fundamental need. They don't get why. I want you to share why it was a fundamental need by sharing the diet of the average child in Haiti. Uh, beans and rice is the staple. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have seen after uh, the earthquake that they resolved eating mud cakes. We actually have a video of that on our website. Which is Describe a mud cake. A mud cake is a dirt, kind of like clay, mixed with butter and salt and just laid out in the sun to dry. You can buy those on the market for about five cents a piece. And that's considered food. That's considered food, right. 
the poorest of the poor will eat that, just has some type of substance. Now, of course, it is horrible in their body, in their digestive system, and the government begs them to not do that. In some cases, that's all they have. Plus, the truth that I learned was that 50,000 children each year die in Haiti because of lack of access to clean water and food. That's 700 miles from Miami, one of the richest cities in the United States. And so it motivated me, moved me, well, I'm going to start feeding some kids. And I could afford 30 kids. So we began feeding kids. I came back to Tallahassee, started telling the story. Um, And again, we have been very fortunate in our efforts. We now feed about 4,000 kids a day through a network of schools. Um, We are involved in microenterprise. We're involved in clean water projects. Um, Just... I have four orphanages now that we we oversee, run, staff, and uh, we've been very um, fortunate in the success that we've had. But you know, as we had opportunities, we take them. I, there's, I've had opportunities to work with the Starkey Foundation, which is the world's largest hearing aid manufacturer, philanthropic effort, a part of the Clinton Global Initiative. Mm-hmm. We fit a school of 300 deaf children with hearing aids, and most kids are not deaf; they're just hearing impaired. And so for a week, I watched kids' eyes spark as they heard their voice for the first time and cried like a baby for a week. I mean, it was just overwhelming. But we're their new partner in Haiti. We're working with an organization called Souls for Souls, which collects shoes. It's an international organization. They work here in the U.S. as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're getting shoes for them, and we're employing ladies in Haiti to sell them in the market. I buy them from Souls for Souls for about a dollar. I sell them to my uh, women entrepreneurs, about 25 of them, for $3 a piece. They can sell them the market for ten to fifteen dollars a piece. These are nice shoes. These are Nikes. These are New Balance. These are brand new shoes. They then in turn come back and buy from me again. We've got to come a wholesale, you know, to them for the retail. And it was interesting when I was in Haiti the last time. We met with two of the ladies, and they both shared because of this effort, all of my children are now in school and I have a house because we were able to buy shoes from somebody for a buck, get them into Haiti, and put them in the hands of people that could use it. So it's entrepreneurship is what's going to change Haiti, and it's the hope for the world. Capitalism, I hate to say that word, but it's the truth. It absolutely is the truth. 15 minutes past 8 a.m. here on WFLA. Scott Bennell from Hope to Haiti with me this morning on The Morning Show. Let's go to the Weather Channel Forecast Center, get an updated forecast from Terry Smith. Terry, good morning. Good Wednesday morning to you, Preston. What a beautiful fall start to the day. We have some cooler temperatures this morning, but with the sunshine, it's going to be a mild afternoon, 84, 62 tonight. I'm 100.7 FM WFLA's Terry Smith in the Weather Channel Forecast Center. The website hopetohaiti.com is how you can link up. Scott, I've, I've tried to explain to people for years that the genius and the approach, because Haiti is, is evangelized. It's always been evangelized. Right, That's right. not the point. What makes your efforts unique is that Jesus never, ever dropped a sermon down when there was a need present that needed to be met. He met the need. You know, the, the 5,000 plus needed some food. Right. The woman at the well needed some protection. Right. You know, that that's kind of the way he did it. And that's, in essence, what you do. You meet needs. I want to talk a little bit more about this microeconomy kind of micro thing that you do, because that, I think, is the whole key to this deal. You've taken the notion of, of teach a man to fish and put practical you know, uh, hands and feet to it. Right. I mean, you know, and that's the expression, you know, give a man a fish, let him for a day, teach him to fish, let him for a lifetime. We had a third element, which is teach the man how to sell his extra fish. <laughs> <laughs> and you change his community. And so we've been successful with that. Our clean water projects are for-profit projects. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we, uh, I think 22% of all of our efforts in Haiti now are funded by our efforts in Haiti, from taxi businesses to shoe businesses to clean water projects. And so uh, we're able to fund our own uh, needs through our efforts in Haiti, through our entrepreneurs and through the, the places that we work. So, for example, the the shoe program you were talking about, that little bit of markup from what, how you buy the, the shoes for a buck, you sell them for three, that little $2 markup enables you to do things in Haiti like feed the children and offer the orphanages and so forth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, we have been able to expand our feeding programs every year since we began eight years ago. And so that's always on my – so I said, what's the next thing you want to do? I want to feed kids. I'm going to go back to your question. You asked me why. Because when you're when – you're, faced with the situation there the question is is um can i do something yeah should i do something probably will i do something and that is the where the rubber meets the road right so for three bucks a month ten bucks a month i can take an orphan off the street and place them in a home and give that family that ten dollars to help care for that child so we, we're trying to, it's, it's, we're doing foster care. It's kind of been our latest push effort of, you don't have to round them up and put them in an orphanage because you have to, I say you have to feed that beast every month. Yeah. And, uh, but this way we're finding people that are willing to take children into their homes and we're, they're helping them with the expenses of raising that child. And uh, that's just been hugely successful. It's our 10 for them program. You'll see on our website at hopetohaiti.com of how we're doing that and how that's working. So we always want to expand the efforts of feeding kids. And when we find we started our last orphanage because we found 15 children in a building that had been, they'd been left. It was like a, I hate to say a pack of dogs. We were like a pack of dogs. Sick, malnourished. Uh, nobody was caring for them. At some, at some point, somebody was, and I guess they just left. I don't know if they were Haitian or American. It doesn't matter. So my staff called me, shared the need. So I popped on a plane and flew down to Haiti, saw these kids, and I said, we got to get them somewhere. So we worked through our schools and churches and got the kids housed we got them to the hospital. We got them fed. We got them well. And then I, then I took my office and I built another side building to it, which is now an orphanage. Those kids now live in my office uh, in Haiti. There's 30 of them now. So as we come across those needs, it's not like, should I help? Can I help? It's will I help? And so far, through the support, and we're a totally donor-based organization. We don't have any grants. We don't have anybody. We don't have any major givers, major donors. But when we have those needs, uh, it's been great to, to call you, call friends, go, hey, you know, I need benches in Haiti. I need 60. School starts in a month. We built you know, three, uh, three schools, and we don't have any benches. That just wasn't in the budget. Tell them what happened. Uh, that need was met in less than three weeks. Your listeners called in, and you were able to get 13, almost an entire school now, which is now meeting. And I've, I've sent you the photos. Yeah. Of, of the kids are now able to attend school. And you were able to hire Haitians Correct. to build the the, the, yes. the benches? Yes. And so it was a win-win-win across the board. Oh, yeah. Everything that we do in Haiti, we've been building communities with the Caring House Foundation for the last two and a half years. We've built 170 homes in four community centers. We just broke ground on our next village project, which would be 40 homes, community center, clean water, goats, chickens, a well, all Haitian employed. You know, we, we employ 50 or 60 people per per project. And they're paid well. And uh, by doing that, again, we buy all the resources in country. It's not easy to find all the stuff that we need, but you can find it. So we don't import anything ever because we want to support the local economy. Our, our feeding programs, we don't import rice. We buy from local farmers. We buy from local markets. We've kind of got a network set up for that to supply our need because we understand that Haiti's economy, though, is, is weak and fragile. 
it, it can be sustained if we would stop just giving everything away. I love what you do. Thank you. Thanks for the diversion. <laughs> uh, HopeToHaiti.com is the website, and that's where you can get more information on what Scott Bunnell, Hope to Haiti is all about. Can't encourage you enough to do it. Thanks for coming in. Thank you so much. I needed this. <laughs> Take a breath. <laughs> 20 minutes past 8 a.m. here on 100.7 FM WFLA. It's trending stories at the top and bottom of every hour. This is 100.7 FM WFLA. Never ask Glenn Beck, hey, what's going on? If you want to know what's really going on so you can make judgments today, you should probably listen to this program. Next at 9. Because now it doesn't matter. On 100.7 FM WFLA. Back to the fray. <laughs> no, that's not the name of the song uh, or the group playing the music. It's uh, it's where we are here in the program. 24 minutes past 8 a.m. Go to the Prime Meridian Bank. Home Loan Hotline, Matt Keelan is the political analyst and founder, president of government affairs firm, the Keelan Group, and joins us this morning on The Morning Show. Matt, good morning. How are you? Hey, Preston. How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, they say the best defense sometimes is a good offense. Is that what Hillary Clinton's finally gotten to here with her campaign? Well, she needed something different to happen, and unfortunately... Uh, for the Republicans, Kevin McCarthy gave her that with his statement on Sean Hannity's show. Uh, ultimately, I don't think it changes the entire trajectory of the race. But you know, for this week and for the last couple of days, it's allowed her to change the, the news story from one that was, you know, how long is she going to stay in the race, to, oh, my God, look how fired up she is now. Matt, I, I do this for a living. You do what you do for a living. I can't get my mind around how she is even polling as well as she is, given the the depth of her issues with her email problem. Um, can you explain this to me, how she's even still surviving in the polls? Well, certainly for people probably like you and I to get our news in certain places, we've read in great detail about how she went about systematically, uh, you know, quite frankly, breaking the law and putting state secrets at risk so she could have her privacy and uh, talk to her top aides and do what she was doing. But a lot of people don't get their news from Fox News or the Wall Street Journal, and uh, they get it off of Facebook, and they're not hearing the same things. But I totally agree with you. But then you, you know, look at her competition right now from the Democratic primary, Bernie Sanders, who, when he first got in the race, people thought it was kind of a joke. And then, you know, Martin O'Malley and a couple other guys, poor Lincoln Chafee, they recently polled him in Iowa, and uh, the results they got back was not that he was at 1% in the polls, or not even 1%. They said they couldn't find one person who even knew who he was. So, you know, you judge her against the competition, and it's amazing that somebody else hasn't gotten in the race, and I think that's why... A guy like Joe Biden is saying, hmm, I think I think I'm going to pull the trigger. Yeah, I was going to get to that. Joe Biden, I hadn't gotten to the to the idea that he's floated around to uh, some, and it's and it's been leaked out there that, that he's contemplating linking up with Elizabeth Warren, who I think is a looney tune. But the bottom line is, she would certainly fire up the liberal base on the left to a major degree if she were on the ticket. 
How big of a game changer is it if Joe teams up with Elizabeth Warren from the get-go and jumps in? Well, it allows him instantly to knock Bernie off of his game. And, and you know, to his credit, Bernie Sanders has won an almost flawless campaign to date. And, you know, one of the things that I try to explain to people that are not, you know, political hacks like myself, uh, <laughs> Bernie Sanders reflects the current Democratic Party. So does Elizabeth Warren. The current Democratic Party is so far to the left from where it was when Bill Clinton was elected in 1992, it's almost unrecognizable uh, to those two parties. And that's what the party wants. The party wants the Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren. And when Biden teams up with her, I think he instantly becomes the candidate to beat in that primary. I do think that's a, that's a ticket that is very beatable in a general election. Would you have thought two years ago when Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Biden was basically assigned to Siberia. I mean, he might as well have been in a gulag. He was kept so under wraps by the Obama administration. Would you have ever thought that the Democratic Party would be at a place where they would almost be hoping for Joe Biden to run for president? Uh, I would not have, and I, you know, I've joked about this quite a bit. You know, the, the future of the Democratic Party currently is a 74-year-old uh, guy with bad hair from Vermont, a 72-year-old guy with good kind of hair from <laughs> Delaware. Even though they're and, plugs. <laughs> yeah, and a 68-year-old woman uh, who's been the national spotlight for the last 30 years. And that's what I love about this race right now is if you look at Republicans on the stage, there's so much energy, there's so much youth, there's so much diversity. I can't wait for the general election. I'd love to see Marco Rubio and Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden go toe-to-toe and talk about the future where you can clearly see the contrast. It's been a long time since the Republicans have had a contrast like that. And I think the Democrats are are in big trouble come the general election. And if you look at the polling numbers that are coming out in head-to-head matchups now in the general election, you can see particularly Hillary's weakness. She's losing everybody right now. In fact, losing by double digits in some states that Democrats, quite frankly, consider it to be theirs, like Iowa and New Hampshire. Uh, so I, I think structurally they have a big problem, and it's exemplified in the fact that the future of their party, quote-unquote, is you know a bunch of people that should be uh, near the end of their political career is not running for president. Matt, good visit, good intel. Thanks for the time this morning. We appreciate it. Have a great one. All right, man. Matt Keelan, he is a political analyst, founder, president of the government affairs firm, the Keelan Group, here on uh, the Prime Meridian Bank Home Loan Hotline. It's 830. Let's do news. Come back. Five statements. Big story in the press box. Five statements next on 100.7 FM WFLA. 
It gets you thinking about things you didn't even know you had an opinion on. So you have something to talk about at work. The Morning Show with Preston Scott continues on 100.7 FM WFLA. The website, new story from Steve Stewart. I'll touch on that again in just a couple minutes here. I've got a... uh, It's a very cool entry on my blog page. It's a 3D created by a sound lab. It's a 3D experience. If you put on some headphones and close your eyes or or earbuds and close your eyes and turn this thing on, it's just going to blow you away. And not in a bad way. It's not nothing creepy or anything. It's just cool. And so uh, check it out. Go to my blog page, WFLAFM.com, keyword Preston, and hopefully Ryan will do it between now and tomorrow, and he can talk about how cool that thing. It just is. 20 million people can't be wrong. 20 million have done this thing. It's a big number. Yeah, that's that's by YouTube standards even, that's a big number. And obviously there are a lot of repeats there, but it's still strong, very strong. So uh, check it out. Again, WFLAFM.com, keyword Preston. The big story in the press box brought to you by our new friends, GT Electric. Reminding you, save your green. Call the GT Electric team. That number again, 421-9002. Five statements. These five statements provide you a wonderful way of explaining philosophy political philosophy to your children without getting mired in the weeds of politics. These are philosophical statements that have a political expression. But they are truths. I will put these on my blog page tomorrow. I am not doing it today. I'm going to do it tomorrow. But I'm going to add something else to it. I want to equip you parents with some tools. I'm taking things into my own hands to help you engage your children in understanding the things that we're dealing with in our country because the only way we can change it is one person at a time, and it starts with your children. These are five statements that... We all know, but have been compiled. A listener sent them to me. Don't know if he made them up or got them. Or, but, but these these are all things we've said and talked about over the years on this show, but just in one night, nice, neat place. Without commentary, the five statements. One, you cannot legislate the poor into prosperity by, by legislating the wealthy out of prosperity. Two, what one person receives without working for, another person must work for without receiving. Three, the government cannot give to anybody anything that the government does not first take from somebody else. Four, you cannot multiply wealth by dividing it. 
and 5. When half of the people get the idea that they do not have to work because the other half is going to take care of them, and when the other half gets the idea that it does no good to work because somebody else is going to get what they worked for, that is the beginning of the end of any nation. Those are five statements. I've been requested every single hour that I've mentioned it to put it on the blog page. I will. Tomorrow. I'm not going to do it today. I'm going to do it tomorrow. You can, you can quibble with it all you want. This is truth. When you get more in your tax refund than you paid in, go thank your neighbors. I'm serious. Get, get them a fruitcake. Shake their hand. Personalize it. Truly personalize it. Thank them for their gift to you because it's their money. It changes things, doesn't it? When you think of that extra money you get back as somebody else's money that they worked for, it changes things. And for any of you out there that think, well, I do really well and I don't think I pay enough, fine. Pull out a checkbook and write a check. You can give it to the federal government any time you like. If you feel like you have so taken advantage of the system that you just don't pay enough, then pay more. But see, liberals don't want to do that. They want everybody else to pay more because they think that more should be paid. They don't ever step up and voluntarily pay more or do whatever it is that they want legislated demand of people by law 845 on wfla weather channel forecast center standing by terry smith with your forecast good morning terry good wednesday morning to you preston what a beautiful fall start to the day we have some cooler temperatures this morning but with the sunshine it's going to be a mild afternoon 84 62 tonight i'm 100.7 fm wfla's terry smith in the weather channel forecast center We'll talk more about this tomorrow with Steve Stewart. Andrew Gillum, the mayor's office of the city of Tallahassee, three-year lobbying contract up for renewal, which would mean what? Um, putting out a, um, a request for bids. But they don't want to do that. Here's why. This is me talking. The story is on our website at WFLAFM.com, keyword Tallahassee Reports, or go to TallahasseeReports.com. Here's the deal. The lobbying firm is run in part by one of Andrew's mentors, closest friends and advisors, donor, campaign manager, who amazingly makes a lot of money from the city, even though he represents a bunch of them. How does how does that happen? How is that not a conflict of interest? Well, because the city of Tallahassee plays by its own rules. 
And because we don't have an ethics commission worth a crap, the ethics board is useless, the ethics officer more so. And so this stuff just doesn't matter unless you do something about it. The contract's up for renewal, which would mean going through the commission, taking bids, realizing again, like last time, they gave the bid to the highest bidder, City of Tallahassee paying more than anybody else comparable in the state of Florida for its lobbying. And we're in the state capitol. Dear Lord. Why doesn't Gillum get off his rear end and go walk across the street? But no, no, we've got we got to pay people. Okay, fine. We have a leadership mayor. What are we paying him twice what a commissioner makes? I'll set that aside, though. So they bypass the commission by asking for an extension of the existing contract because they know that people are looking now. People are paying attention, and they want to pay more money. They want to give Sean Pittman and his and his folks a raise. And and that's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And so they want to extend a contract instead of putting it out for bid again. And they want to raise it. This is how things work with insiders. Stories on uh, the website. TallahasseeReports.com, WFLAFM.com. We've been talking about the Windy City, Chi-Town. Chi-Town. Take your pick. Chi-Town sounds like tea to me. I always, I always, I always just go Windy City. September, the most violent month of the year. More homicides than any other month of the year. As of right now, 50% more shootings in September 2015 than 2014, September. And as of right now, they are on track to see an 18% increase in shootings in Chicago. I thought that group from Chicago was coming here to show us how to get it done. 18% increase. Now, don't take my word for it. This comes from the Chicago Tribune. I got this from the Chicago Tribune. Quoting from their their research. Through the end of September, shootings have risen 18% from last year. Cumulative shootings, January 1st to September 30th. 2,321 shootings, last year 1,955. Where's Obama? Where's the president? Why isn't he talking about Chicago? Why isn't he showing up? Why isn't he holding, you know, town hall meetings in his in his adopted hometown? Again, just... just, it, it just these all work together. The city of Tallahassee reaches out to a group in Chicago, and Chicago couldn't possibly be any more violent. The change in the gun laws there isn't going to take effect for a while. But it's still complicated. It's still cumbersome for people to carry concealed. But you you can't turn a ship around that big that quickly. I'm, my point is, the folks are in town from Chicago, have at it. We're paying for it, but whatever. The problems, we don't need outside people to come in and solve. Although I'm, I'm wide open if somebody's got a good idea. I don't care where it comes from. 
I just know the ideas are here. And they're real simple. But they're not politically correct, and they're a little difficult to hear. And so people don't want to hear them. So we're just going to keep throwing money away. 852 on 100.7 FM WFLA. Where real people debate. I totally agree with you. Every day. I disagree with almost everything you said so far today. This is 100.7 FM WFLA. Time for the morning show 180. A look back at the radio program in 180 seconds or less. I lamented that the baseball playoffs have begun with a just a sham of a first round. How do you take a sport that plays its entire season, 162 games, how do you boil that down to a one-game, one-or-done? That's what football does. That's not what baseball does. Baseball does a series. At least let it be a best two out of three. If not three out of five, play a series. I can't believe I'm saying this. I almost feel bad for the New York Yankees. That stinks. You should not be butchered out of the playoffs over one game. One game? Winner take all? No. That's wrong. Talked about the importance of one language. Fastest growing language in America? Arabic. You do the math. You do the calculation on what that means. Big story in the press box. Five statements. You'll just have to go back and listen to them. I thought it was an exceptional presentation, especially in hour one. Talked about the movie Steve Jobs. A little conflict over which which version of Steve Jobs is the real one. Truth's probably somewhere in the middle. America Day canceled at a school in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So we've, we've come to a place where a, a public school in the United States celebrating America thinks it's politically incorrect to do that. No, jeez. They canceled it. Scott Bennell joined us in the third hour from Hope to Haiti. A lot of stuff in between. Thanks for listening tomorrow. Steve Stewart and more. You have a great day.